Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. All right. Everyone doing good? You look great today. Awesome to be together. Uh, we're excited that you're here. If you're here for the first time, uh, every, every week when we gather, we open up the Word of God, and uh, we believe God's Word is alive and real, and uh, for people like Julian and people like me, God wants to speak to us. He's not finished with us yet, and so we're excited that uh, we get to share in moments like this. If you are here for the first time, we also have a gift for you today, so don't leave without one on your way out. Just stop by and say, I want free stuff, and uh, someone's going to hook you up, all right? Thanks so much, Farhad. Awesome. Hey, we are in a series of messages right now, a series of, of thoughts, really, around the theme of risk and reward. Risk and reward. I think that faith feels a lot like risk, but uh, in, in the heart of God, faith is all about reward. In the book of Hebrews, the Bible says this, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You first have to believe that he is, but also you need to believe that he's a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. So all, all, all month long we've been looking at this thought that taking the risk of really pressing into, trusting that what God says is true is true, actually leads to the reward. Okay, so today I want to share a message. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. The message is titled, Walk It Like I Talk It. Walk It Like I Talk It. Okay. I can't help but say I always want to be able to walk it like I talk it, walk it, walk it like I talk it. Okay, you got you got to walk it like you talk it. Book of Romans chapter ten says this: faith comes from hearing the word of God. So let me let me stir up your faith a little bit today. All right, let me join in every Christian bumper sticker that has ever been printed and, and tell you some of the basic one-size-fits-all promises of Scripture that are intended to grow our faith. Are you, with, are you good with that? Before we can walk it like we talk it, we need to know what we're talking about. Let me tell you some of these, some of these promises. You know, the Bible says all God's promises are, are yes and amen. They're all true. All God's promises. You can open up the Bible, begin to read, and the promises that were true for other people are still true for you because God is the same. And so though the we change, God doesn't change. Our situation changes, but God doesn't change. And, and like we're unfaithful, but God's still faithful because he doesn't change. And so all the promises you see in Scripture are for you. The same God that you see who, who uses imperfect people, he's still using imperfect people today. And somebody said amen. Come on, the same God that, that puts together hopeless situations, we've sung about it today, he's still piecing together hopeless situations. And I could tell you a couple stories, I'm telling you, God is the same, and whenever we read scripture, the intention is not that we just store away some, some new pieces of information in our mind bank in case we ever get put on Bible jeopardy. The, the goal and purpose is that it would actually affect our lives today, that it would grow faith in our hearts today. Some people are, man, I wish God would speak to me. Friend, open up the Bible and God will speak to you. This is his word. This is what his voice sounds like. Like the tone of God's voice is found in the pages of this book. You can find Jesus in scripture. And the Bible says faith comes from hearing and hearing comes from the word of God. Let me show you some promises that are true for you. Isaiah chapter 40. I'm going to show you a few and then we're going to we're going to hone in on one. How's that sound? 
Come on, how's that sound for everyone else besides Pastor Kobe? Come on now. I tell you, we can, we can do this quick or we can do this slow. It all depends on your engagement. That's how this thing works. If you're with me, we can get over this and uh, go have some chicken wings, some pizza. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 28, Isaiah 40, 28 says this, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is everlasting. He's the creator of all the ends of the earth. He doesn't grow tired. He doesn't grow weary. And his understanding, nobody can even fathom. He gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Come on, God is everlasting. Can't even understand his understanding. It's beyond fathoming. And he gives strength to the weary. Someone you walked into church today, you're like, man, I feel so weak. You are a perfect candidate for God's strength. Weary and weak. Someone's like, man, I've been tripping. Yeah, the, even you grow, 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 grow tired and weary and stumble and fall. But those who hope on the Lord will renew their strength. Somebody you keep stumbling over the same thing over and over, but the Bible says this, God will give you strength. So you won't even have to walk through that and stumble over it. You'll actually soar over it like an eagle. That's the promise of God's word. That's intended to grow your faith. Let me show you another one. The book of John, chapter 16 and verse 33. John 16, 33, Jesus is speaking, and he makes us a promise. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. Promise of God. Then it says this, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. So Jesus is giving us an invitation into living on a higher plane, a higher perspective. You'll experience trouble, but that trouble is not going to be the end of you, because I've overcome the world. And so you're walking with me, we're good. You're with me, you've got strength. You're with me, you've got authority. The world will give you trouble, but I'll give you authority. The world's looking in every way to hem you in, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You will experience trouble, but I've overcome the world. This is a, a, a promise intended to give us faith. Interestingly, a lot of people glom onto the first part. Yeah, in this world I am having trouble. It's true. It's true. There's a comma. A comma. It's not like end of story, game over. The comma is this, but take heart because I've overcome the world. Jesus said, I'm not going to, he's not trying to lead us into fake sort of living. God loves authenticity. Authenticity is beautiful. He's not looking for us to fake it till we make it and pretend everything is easy. Nothing ever bothers me. You know some Christians do that? They live like everything is easy. They live like life isn't hard. And what they do is they make the gospel look impossible and they rob God of his glory. Because the rest of us look at them and say, well, they're just different than I am because I find the world hard. I find life difficult. I find choices are, are sometimes not so plain and simple. Not everything is so black and white. And what they do is they rob God of glory because we look at them and say, they're a different type than me. But the reality is this. We're all broken. We're all hurting. We're all lost. We're, we're all one step away from stumbling and falling, but we can take heart because he's overcome the world. That's a promise from God's word intended to grow your faith and to actually propel you towards risk. 
Psalm chapter 37, let me show you this, Psalm 37 in verse 4. This one might not be as common to some people in the place. Psalm chapter 37 and uh, verse 4, I love this promise. Whew, it's good. It says this, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord and trust him and he will do this. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. How many people have some desires that you do not yet have? Come on. Come on, single people. You're with me. How many people have some desires that you not, do not yet have? Come on, renters. You're like, yeah, it would be awesome one day to own something. Come on, you got some desires you do not have. Well, the Bible promises God gives you the desires of your heart. This is intended to grow our faith. He's the type of God that not only gives us what we already desire, but reworks our hearts so we have new desires that reflect him more. As we delight in him, he actually changes our heart. Do you believe that? God can do heart surgery. He can have a, give us a heart transplant. So the things that used to thrill us no longer are the things we desire. We find ourselves running after the things that God has for us. It's a promise from God's word, and it's intended to grow our faith, and to propel us towards risk. Isaiah chapter thirty, uh, chapter 26. See, this is why I said if you take notes, because I'm going to do some Bible calisthenics today. We're doing some Bible burpees. We're going in, we're coming back out, we're going back in. Isaiah chapter 26 in verse uh, 3. Check it out. God will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in him. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. He will give perfect peace to those whose hearts are set on him. Anybody here can't even imagine what perfect peace feels like? The only peace you know is conditional peace. The only peace you know is actually distraction. It's not really peace. It's just get enough noise around you, get enough people around you so that you feel a little something, you feel a little good. Eat a little more, a few more carbs. And who needs peace if you got carbs, right? So you melt some cheese on your situation and all of a sudden you're doing okay for now. Somebody, you're drinking away your situation going, I, I, think, I think peace feels like tequila, right? And, and it, hey, he will give perfect peace. That means it's not temporary. That means that it's not conditional. That means that nobody can take it away from you. Some people, the only peace you have is through affirmation. And so you post a photo, and you wait for the likes to come in, and you're always hitting refresh, 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 and they're like, Instagram must be broken. There is no way only three people affirm me right now. Right? And you think perfect peace comes from the affirmation you receive, and it just as quickly as it comes, it can go. But God will give perfect peace to those whose hearts are steadfast on him. See, this is intended to grow our faith, that we'd say perfect peace is actually a possibility. Perfect peace is actually attainable, that we can walk through peaceless situations in peace. This scripture, it's intended to grow our faith. It's actually intended to propel us toward risk, toward situations where peace might feel like it's fleeting and peace might feel like it's impossible that we could stand in the midst of situations where there is no peace and be like a, a, a lighthouse or a beacon of peace. Let me show you another one, all right? Uh, Romans chapter 28, chapter 28, verse 28 of chapter 8, Romans 8 in 28. You with me? Romans 8 and 28. This is good stuff. It says this, 
And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purposes. You ever seen that one on a bumper sticker? Come on, you ever seen that one on a t-shirt? See, Christian t-shirts used to be more of a thing when I was growing up. It was like, man, you could rock a scripture on any sort of t-shirt. and People were like, great shirt, great shirt. I like it. Used to be like Christian posters, you know? Be like the, the, same, the same inspirational picture that's on every poster, like a, a sunscape or a kitty cat or something like that, you know, a water drop with a reflection of a palm tree. And it'd be like, we know in all things God works together for good. And you're like, wow, that's true. That's true. And my grandma used to cross stitch those things into bookmarks and be like, hey, here's a good scripture for you. Just working at cross stitching it into a bookmark because it's, I don't want you to forget this. You're going to keep this bookmark for the rest of your life. See, that's a promise from Scripture intended to grow us in our faith, to grow us to actually face situations that seem impossible with confidence, to have the risk of actually standing strong in the face of disappointment and say, I know this, that in all things, God works together for good. I can't see how he's going to do it, but I know it. I can't see how it's going to happen, but I trust it. He works in all things. I love the totality of the language. Doesn't say God works in pretty shady situations. It says in all things, God works together for the good of those who he loves. By the way, God loves you. Whatever theological teaching you might have believed that would cause you to believe anything less than, that, that is heretical. God loves you. He loves lost and broken people. His love is for you. It's on your side. Know why? Because of who he is. That's what unconditional, looks like, uh, unconditional love looks like, meaning it's not conditional on your behavior. If it were, come on now, somebody, if it were, if his love was dependent on our sincerity, I would be pretty scared. If God's love was, was built on my behavior, I'd be pretty scared. Imagine if God's love was conditional on your thoughts, not, not even your actions, just your thoughts. And it's like, as long as you think good things, I'll love you. And as soon as, imagine if your thoughts were projected on a screen, man, this has turned into a horror movie. You know what I'm talking about? But God's love is unconditional because it's based on him. He says, I am love. God is love. So he's for you. You're one of the ones he loves. And in all situations, he is working for your good. This is a scripture intended to grow our faith. Faith comes from what? Hearing. Hearing comes what? From the word of God. So as we read the word of God, I see these promises that are actually pointed towards me. I see promises of God, and we could go through the Bible and see hundreds and thousands of little promises based on the character of God and his ability to work in broken situations. But let me read uh, two more for you. Philippians chapter 4 in verse 18. Philippians 4.18 says this. Oh, man, let's go to uh, 4.19, actually. 4.19, it says this, My God will meet all my needs according to the riches of his glory. My God will meet all my needs according to his riches. Any needy people in the place? Come on, raise your hand if you got a need. The rest of you, maybe you could be a solution to the need of the person beside you because half you don't have your hands up. You're like, I'm perfect. Life is perfect for me. Awesome. Share with somebody, Okay. Feel what it feels like to have some needs as you start to give away what God has given you. You know, God will never put you in a situation. If you keep that current, you were intended to be a river, not a reservoir. So pour out what you have, and God will always bring supply. So someone here, you're needy. The Bible promises that God will supply for your needs according to his riches. I think that's a pretty good, pretty good indication of how confident we can feel. 
God doesn't supply our needs according to our bank account. He doesn't supply our needs according to the stock market. He doesn't supply our needs according to the new taxation laws. He doesn't supply for our needs according to some hookups or who you know. It's funny. In almost every industry, people say, in my industry, it's kind of unique this way. It's all in who you know. That's true in every industry. But guess what? If you know God, it's all about who you know. And so someone, you're like, well, I don't know if I have the right training, the right pedigree, the right processes, the right opportunities. Hey, it's all about who you know. And your God can supply for all your needs according to his riches in glory. These, these scriptures are intended to grow our faith. When we, when we struggle to, to take on risk because we feel like I'm going to be in it all by myself and God's will is certainly like a tightrope walk with no net and I'm going to plummet to my death if I misstep in one way. And so I live in anxiety constantly because what if God doesn't come through? And as we read the promises of scripture, he's like, no, this is for you. And this is for you. So I, I want to give you strength. I want to give you peace. I want to give you provision. I want to give you confidence. I want to give you boldness. I want you to know blessing. I want you to live in my reward. Now to the, to the, the top of the list, the holy grail, if you will, of, of blessing scriptures. The, the most cross-stitched and posterized verse in all of scripture. No, no, it's not John 3.16. That's just for sports posters, right? That's just end zone type material. I'm talking about you can write this on your china teacup and it'll always endure. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. Inscribed in the front of every leather bound journal you can buy in a Bible bookstore. Jeremiah 29 and 11. God speaking to us. I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. And a future, what a promise. God has a plan, and his plan is to actually prosper you. That means to have more than enough in your situation. That's God's plan. His plan is hope-filled, and it's futuristic. God's plan is not just to take you back to the good old days. It's to release you into your destiny. His plan is good, it's hope-filled, and it's futuristic. What a great promise that God gives us. And he goes this, I'm not just figuring it out on the fly. I know it. I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. He's not just suggesting, yeah, I can figure something out in your situation. I, I, can, I can whip something up. He's like, no, no, I've planned for this. I've prepared for this. I've seen your future, and my hope-filled futuristic plan for you is prosperous. Talking about hope. These scriptures are all intended to grow our faith. Some people, you shy away from it, you say, I wouldn't want to apply any of these scriptures to me because I haven't experienced some of the rewards that they say. And if I, if I try, perhaps what is wrong is that I've been misapplying this scripture. Perhaps it doesn't fit me, right? Perhaps God is speaking to someone of a different race. Perhaps God is speaking to someone in a different time. Perhaps God is speaking to someone who comes from a different family. Perhaps God is speaking to someone who's tried harder. Perhaps God is speaking to someone who has more skill. Perhaps God is speaking to someone who hasn't made as many mistakes. Whatever thing, we, we just kind of shy away from, from these types of scriptures. But I'm telling you, these promises are one size fits all. Whatever your circumstance, these words are for you. You could write your name in this. God speaking to you. Jeff. I got plans for you. Hey, Todd. God loves Todd. It's like, Todd, I can provide for you according to my riches and glory. Hey, Janelle, where are you at? 
I'm telling you, I want to give you perfect peace. His promises are one size fits all. You know, they're kind of like a, like a toque. For those listening on a podcast from another country, I'm talking about a beanie. Right? One size fits all. One size fits all. His promises are one size fits all. Because they're based on him, not us, right? One size fits all. But just because something is one size fits all, you still have to fit it to your situation. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? Like you still got to put it on. His promise is for you, but you still have to put it on. And so there's some who shy away from ever claiming these promises because they seem too grand, too good and impossible, and they're all obviously for someone else. There's others who just drop these promises all over, and you're like, hey, you dropped something. I think some of God's promises, you're just throwing them out and just, oh, yeah, well, God's got a plan, and it's not actually affecting your heart. But God is saying this, I've given you something to talk, but you actually have to walk it like you talk it. You actually have to walk in it like put that thing on. Don't just claim that promise, cross-stitch it on a pillow, put it up on a poster, slap it on a t-shirt, or make it your Facebook profile info bio. Live in it. Put that thing on. Those very same scriptures, let me tell you. Those very same scriptures in Isaiah chapter 40, it actually says, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. So here's God pouring out the type of strength that renews, that allows us to soar like an eagle instead of stumbling over our situation. But we actually have to wait on the Lord. In this context, waiting is how we walk it like we talk it. You can't just pick and choose. Oh, I love that promise. God gives strength. Do you know what God does? Give strength. You know what God's about? Giving strength. To who? Those who wait. Put that thing on. You're like, well, it's one size fits all. True, but if it sits on a shelf, what good is it for you? You actually have to apply it. You actually have to put on that thing that fits your situation. So you say, man, I feel so weak. I feel so weary. I want, I want God's strength. Then wait on him. You're like, well, I haven't experienced it yet. I guess I'm just waiting. No, waiting is active. Waiting is leaning in. Waiting is filled with hope. Waiting is filled with anticipation. Waiting is like, man, all my muscles are flexed. I'm ready. I'm ready to reflex in the moment. And when that moment comes, I'm going to receive it. I was excited. This morning, my wife Jennifer and I were walking for coffee. And, uh, and it was raining. We had our little son. Uh, he, he was in a snuggly. Jennifer was wearing him. We had a coffee in hand, and uh, we we're walking. I had the umbrella out and, and covering. You know, we had to walk kind of close, which I never mind. And there we are under the umbrella together, all close. And, and, and we're walking. Rain's falling. And then we came, as we approached the building here, walked down a hallway. And in the hallway, there were some pigeons, okay? Know what I'm talking about? And I had put the, the umbrella down, and I had kind of tucked it under my arm. So I had a coffee in one hand. I had my umbrella tucked under one arm. And we're walking through this hallway, and there's some pigeons just kind of doing their thing. And then one of the pigeons got up and started flying towards us. And, and without thinking, I'm telling you, without thinking, without thinking or spilling my coffee, I pulled the umbrella out from under my arm. I jabbed the pigeon. Some animal lovers, don't worry, it flew away. And I opened the umbrella to cover my wife in case he wanted to leave us a little gift all in one motion. I was pumped. I was pumped up. And then I kept sipping my coffee. I'm like, man, I wish I had that on film. If there's security footage, if anyone knows a hookup, find it. We're walking down the hallway. Here comes a pigeon. And I'm just like sipping up my coffee. We're talking mid-word, mid-conversation. Out comes the umbrella. Boom. I poked it. And I covered her. And she's like, how'd you do that? 
Reflex. <laughs> just reflex. Reflex. Didn't think about it. You see, this is what it is to wait on the Lord. I'm just, man, I, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm in game mode, and at any time, boom, God's going to give me strength, and I'm going to respond to it. I'm going to respond to the strength that he gives. I'm not going to, you know, mope around and drag myself through situations because I'm waiting on the Lord, and I'm looking for his strength in every situation. He's going to send it through people who encourage me. He's going to send it through, the, you know, a testimony that I can look back on and say, "Woo, he's always been faithful. He's going to use some stuff. I don't know what he'll use, but I'm waiting for it. In that same one-size-fits-all scripture, you know, the, the, one out of, uh, the one out of John, take heart. Because I've overcome the world, what do we have to do? If we're going to walk it like we talk it, we can't just live in the, oh, man, I am having trouble in this world. Take heart. Come on, take heart. That means find some courage within yourself. Stop looking to the world that is filled with trouble to give you your joy. Take heart. Find some joy. Encourage yourself. Come on, put on some worship music. Get in the word. Get around some people. I love being around people. You're, like, you're sitting in, in a restaurant or you're, you're talking and they're just like, oh, man, isn't God good? And it just grows your faith. Get around some people that help you to take heart. It's a one-size-fits-all promise that he's overcome the world on your behalf, but you have to take heart. Put it on. Walk it like you talk it. Don't just live in a, in a nebulous promise that you never take hold of. In that verse in, in Proverbs, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. It's already said how we walk, how we delight ourselves in the Lord. We make our priority the things that God prioritizes. There's so many people, they're like, man, if my life were easier, I would really be nice to other people. Truly, if I had more, I'd be more generous. If I wasn't so stressed out, I would be more encouraging. All right? If I wasn't so bitter, I would be a, a great forgiver. <laughs> Whatever. Hey, delight yourself in the Lord. He delights himself in people. People. Look around you. See how you can meet a need, and he will actually give you the desires of your heart, and you will find the thing you were looking for was actually on the other side of your obedience. That thing that, 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 thing that would fill you up was actually on the other side of you pouring yourself out. How do you walk it like you talk it? Delight yourself in the Lord. And then it says this, he'll keep in perfect peace. Remember that one? How many people want some perfect peace? Those who keep their heart steadfast on him. You might need to guard your heart, friend. You want perfect peace, but you're filling yourself with horror. You want perfect peace, but the first thing you do every day is, is, is check who said what on Twitter and how it affects you and how it offends you and how it bothers you and, and how it riles you up and fires you up. Maybe you need to take those first moments and remember what God says about you. Remember what God says about you. So many people are looking to find themselves in the politics of others. What group is this about? What group is that about? Well, here's a group of people God has spoken to. It's called humanity, and he has crazy love for humanity, inclusive, absolute love for humanity, no matter how far gone, no matter how broken, and he speaks promises for us that are true always. And so we keep our hearts steadfast on him. I'm feeding my heart with a steady diet of his word. Why? Because I want to live in perfect peace. And there's some of you, you relive an old breakup, and you think that your heart somehow is going to lead you to something good, but you keep on thinking of what was said to you. Start thinking of what God has said about you. Some of you keep reliving the instance around you losing your job, and your whole life is about how you're not doing the thing you used to do. God has something better for you anyway. So start reminding yourself, keep your heart steadfast on him. Walk it like you talk it. If you believe he's got peace for you, walk it like you talk it. Actually lean into him. Lean into him. Take a risk of faith. Go on a journey with him. 
couple more, all those verses, man, they're one size fits all, but we still have to put them on, right? Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, remember that one? Where he works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Well, just a couple verses prior to that in Romans 8.25. Check this one out. Romans 8.25 says this. But we hope for what we do not have and we wait for it patiently. Man, for some of us, how do we walk it like we talk it? Patience, my friend. Patience. You're like, well, I haven't seen God work good, for, good yet. Patience. Wait patiently. He's working good. This feels worse than it felt yesterday. Just have a little patience. Walk it like you talk it. God is going to do what he said he will do. And if it's not good yet, he's not done yet. You just wait. He's working out good for you. And then like in the Philippians one, that he'll supply for all our needs according to his riches and glory. Just a few verses before that, it says this. I have learned the secret of contentment. Imagine how our city would change if we were just content. Black Friday has turned into Black Thursday and Cyber Monday. And I I saw an ad the other day for Cyber Monday week. Because i got to have what I don't have. You can pre-register for a Black Friday sales in our Cyber Monday week that extends all the way to February 1st. We got a sickness, a sickness, a lack of contentment. And so we we cash out God's promises. We cash out early. We sell low. Got this T-shirt on sale. God is good. Yeah, God is good, but not because you got a T-shirt on sale. He'll actually supply for all of your needs according to his riches in glory. So we're living like out of a bargain bin when God has prepared a feast for us. He's got a table for us in the presence of our enemies. And we're looking to get just enough and scrape our way by and piece our way together through consumerism. How do you walk it like you talk it, that God is your supplier? Be content with what you already have. Enough. You don't need another car that has a few less kilometers on it. Just be content with what you have. You won't even notice as God supplies for your needs if all you're living for is trying to compare with what someone else has. So here's the secret of contentment. Here's how I walk out that promise that God supplies for my needs. I'm grateful for what I already have. Man, I look around. I don't match my desire. I don't look at all that I don't have and say, that's what would make me happy. I look at what I have and say, I am happy. Man, God is good. And that secret of contentment is changing me on the inside. I'm experiencing a reward of his blessing. And when it comes, I see it. And when it comes, he gets glory for it. And when it comes, how, how quick, man, great shoes. Yeah, I got them on sale. Who cares? They're great. I don't care what deal you got. They're great shoes. You know what I mean? Like God's going to supply for your needs, not because you scraped by or anything. God wants to take care of you. And, and then, then, then the, the, the apex, the zenith, if you will, the, the highest. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope in the future. Speaking into a context of people who were out of their comfort zone. Speaking to a group of people, you can read it in Jeremiah 29, who were not where they wanted to be. 
who thought at any moment, here's how God will show himself faithful to me. He'll get me out. They had their bags packed at the door, ready for God to swoop in and just escape hatch them out of there. And before God says, I got plans for you, he says this, some really practical things. He goes, hey, guys, build yourself a house. Plant a garden. Find a wife. Have some kids. Find wives for for your kids, husbands for your kids. In other words, it's like, hey, set up shop where you are. Be where you are. Be present where you are. How do we walk it like we talk it, that God has a hope-filled, futuristic plan for us? We live and occupy the space that we're in right now. We are present in the, in the now, right where we are. goes on to say this, pray for and prepare for the prosperity of the place you are. Like, I am not working my dream job. Well, tell you what, start getting a dream for the job you have. God's got a plan for you. It's future. It's hope. It's good. But while you're there, get a dream for the job you got. I'm not living in my desired destiny. I want to be in a different neighborhood. But while you're in that neighborhood, get a dream for your neighborhood. Begin to pray and and work towards the prosperity. It says this, if the place you are prospers, then you too will prosper. Then goes on to say this. Man, this one's a little tough for me to accept. This one's a little difficult. It says, while you're there, do not shrink. I'm speaking to someone today. You're in a situation you don't want to be in. And you're just recoiling and saying, I just got to get through it. I just got to get through it at whatever cost. And if I barely scrape through and my, my fuel is run on empty, and I, that'll be good enough. No, no, do not shrink while you're there. Wherever you are, that's a situation for growth. Jesus speaking to your, your situation, to your promise, with a one-size-fits-all promise. I have plans for you to give you hope and to give you a future. And then Jeremiah 29, 13, with this we close. God speaking. Here's how you walk it like you talk it. He says, you will seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. In the original language, the Hebrew language, this letter written from God to people, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your heart. Let me put it in language. You'll experience me. You'll actually experience my presence. When you put your heart, what's your heart? Your bravery, your appetites, your pleasures, your desires, like your guts. Put yourself into it when you seek me with all your heart. The second word, seek, it's an interesting word. It, It has a picture. I love words that have pictures behind them. And the picture literally means this, to trample a new path. God says, you want to experience me? Walk a different way. You want to experience the truth in my scripture? Walk a different way. Don't keep walking that same path you've been walking for years, that path of negativity that takes you down that same pathway every day, and you start your day, and something goes wrong, and then you say, oh, this is a bad day. Friend, it is 845. Don't throw your day away. Walk a new path. Walk a new path. And your phone rings, and you're like, oh, man, who's calling me? Anyone who really loves me would never call. They'd just text. This call must be something bad. And you start walking through all the terror of what it might be, and it's, it's, it's turned into something bad. Friend, walk a new path. Trample a new path. Don't get stuck in that rut. Walk it like you talk it. God's going to meet you in your situation. 
He's got hope for you. You're like, oh, man, that's risky. A new path, never been there before, but there's reward in it. And here's the reward. The hope that God has for you, the future he has you, includes him. Like, if only God could show up and get me out of my situation. No, he's going to meet you in your situation. Biggest dream you have, if only God would just escape hatch. Little parachute, I could get out of my situation. Better, God will meet you right where you are. And you can experience him if you just learn to walk a new path. For so many of us, we never experience the reward of Scripture because we never take the risk of obedience. We never experience the reward of his promises because we're not willing to go through the risk of the process. Man, you got to walk it like you talk it. Now I'm saying as a church, let's be loud. Let's really talk it. Let's not shy away from saying what is true because all his promises are true, but then let's walk it out. A new pathway. I don't know why. I do the same old things all the time. I get the same results. Walk a new path. Walk a new path, a path of patience. Walk a new path. Like, occupy where you are. Get a dream for it. Start to pray for it. Start to prepare for it. Start to work for it. You know what Jeremiah says in there before he gives this promise? He goes, and don't listen to people who tell you what you think you want to hear. Because we all find those people in our lives. I found some people. I've been walking in bitterness, and then I told some friends, and they're like, you deserve to be bitter, girl. That's a terrible situation. Hey, find some new friends. Find some friends who are going to lead you in a new way. Because having those same false ideas reaffirmed is not helping you. Walk a new path. Don't get stuck in a rut where you turn your brain on autopilot and just cruise back to that same dismal conclusion. Walk a new path. And God says, I will meet you there. You will experience my promises. I don't want to believe these promises because I've seen them on a crocheted cushion. I want them to be the story of my life. Are you with me? Can we pray? We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.